Welcome to Season 1 of Instrumental. I'm your host, Amber Petty. Firstly, I just wanted to say how sorry I was because I literally just got a text message to say that your uncle had passed away. Yeah, he has, yeah. How are you feeling? Oh, pretty sad. Yeah. yeah. So I just... Oh, so I, I must have been... I thought, oh, God, is she going to want to do this? Like... Well, I don't, think, okay? I don't think Conway would be particularly impressed if I dropped interviews for, for his death, so I figured... The show must go on the kind of thing. On, that's right. Yeah. All right, okay, well, let's talk about you. So mm-hmm. were you from a musical family? Like, what was your... What were you like as a kid? Um, yeah, so everyone in my family is musical. Everybody. Well, uh, from my parents' generation... They all are. So my mum and dad are both musical and um, and their families. What is your mum? What, what's your mum musical? My mum's a singer. Okay. Um, what type of singer? M- uh, I'd say mainly like a country country music singer. Okay. Um, so she, um, mum and dad were in bands in the 80s around Melbourne. Yep. Um, Any bands? Uh, well, she was in a band called... Um, Dust on the Bible, which some people know. Great name. Um, and then Dad was in bands, different bands around. A lot of people know North to Alaskans. Okay. Uh, especially getting a lot of mention these days because of um, the late Spencer P. Jones was in there, um, in that band. But uh, so, yeah, the mum and dad were in a lot of bands. There's just a lot of music around me as a kid. Yeah. Um, a lot of country? Nah, a bit of everything. Yeah. Um. Who, what sort of records were like the one? I mean, you know, I remember, I mean, living with my single mother, there was a lot of, you know, probably what was fairly mainstream. I don't think she was, you know, really kind of sort of independently searching out too much. So there was a lot of Billy Joel, Elton John, Stevie Nicks, or, you know, Fleetwood Mac, and all, I mean, great music. I mean, because mm-hmm. I grew up kind of in the 70s, so I think I was lucky that even if your parents weren't, you know, musically minded or educated, there was still really good music being played, mm-hmm. thankfully. I think it would be different if you are a kid growing up in the 80s. It could be very hit and miss as to what you're actually yeah. exposed to. Um, I wasn't exposed to a lot of pop. I had to sort of find that myself. But mum and dad, I don't know. Mum liked a lot of like the big country, you know, Wanda Jackson and uh, um, Patsy Cline. Yeah. And that sort of stuff. But Dad also, I mean, um, and also those big pop singers like um, like 50s pop, like Gene Pitney. Um, but Dad and Dad has quite an eclectic um, taste in does music. He? So he, he would... And what was it, sorry, what what what, what does he do musically? He, uh, he sings and plays guitar. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there wouldn't, there wasn't really any genres of music that was... Stand out. Stand out for me there. But also none that was hidden from me. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, they listened to everything. So, I, yeah, I actually, um, I think when I listened to Madonna as a kid, it was a bit of a revolt, I guess, because. <laughs> <laughs> revolting. <laughs> revolting against, I was revolting against, um, uh, Against mum and dad's incredibly cool music taste. Oh, okay. So you would sort of embrace some oh, pop music to a sort of bit, go, yeah. yeah, okay, well, I'll, yeah, you can give me that one. I'll raise you a Madonna. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, because uh, I don't think they're really into a lot of pop, 80, particularly <laughs> 80s pop. But, um, uh, 
Yeah, I listened to. I mean, I had I listened to a lot of Beatles when I was a kid. I always was a big fan of the Beatles. Yeah, but I had one tape that had. Um, uh, oh, so you're old enough to have had tapes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I think you haven't lived if you haven't gone through at least a little bit of a tape and a cassette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is that Dad had all those tapes. I used to steal oh, steal dates Dad's tapes. Yeah. Part of the reason why I still have my CD collection is I feel like kids – like I remember going through Dad's tape collection yeah. and like listening to stuff. You can't do that no. with Spotify. Kids no. can't go through and see the thing that was really important to you when you were 15, you know. That so, is so true. So I've kept all my CDs and even if they don't work because they probably – because CDs actually have quite a short life, shorter yeah. than tape. Yes. Yeah, they're uh, precious. They're, pretty, they're yeah. precious, yeah. So um, even if they don't work, at least – um, my kids will be able to look at the collection and look up, find artists based on that as that's, a reference. That's right. It's like your yeah. little historical music archive. Yeah, because there's a lot of that 90s stuff that I probably won't replace on vinyl. Yeah. Uh, and I'll have, you know, I'm never going to get my CDs out again. I actually just recently, um, the reason I have this fresh in my mind is I just yeah. recently moved my CDs from one drawer to another drawer. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, I didn't even think about it like that. It's the going through, and yeah. even if they're not all good. Yeah, which they're not. No, no. I mean, <laughs> they're it's, not. it's not 100% hit rate. That's right. You know, but was that yeah. easy to make great albums? That's <laughs> right. We'd all be doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I kept mine, and now they're in one of those big, stupid plastic tubs. I culled them so they fit in one of those tubs. There was a few of those CDs that don't mean anything to me and I wouldn't think that looking back anyone would need to find them again. Um, What were some of the, like, was there, like, because I know I used to, I mean, mean, lots of people do, but there'd be certain albums that I would just get really obsessed with. I think I've got, must have an addictive personality and there was a few in there and there are often albums that never did very well. (laughs) (laughs) They did really well with me. There was this one called... um, Vast uh, stood for Visual Audio Sensory Theatre. It's actually this guy called John. Oh God, I wish I could remember. His, and he was an Aussie, but he'd ended up in LA. And Gadinsky discovered him mm-hmm. and put some money behind him. And he just did this very kind of sort of gothicy. Oh, I don't even know how you describe. But it was a very cool album. And so that was one of those ones. I thought I can never throw that away because that just meant so much to me. Were there any like were there a handful that you'd sort of forgotten how much you loved, um, or that maybe even influenced you? Or I guess I'm a, a I'm a pretty nostalgic person. Uh, probably too nostalgic. So um, like I had the job of cleaning those CDs out. It took me two weeks to do it because I knew once I sat down to do it, I would. Like take forever. Take forever. So <laughs> you'd get stuck on I'd, each one. I'd get stuck. I'd be like, oh, this album. <laughs> so, um, so it did. It took me quite a while. Some of the albums that, um, some of the albums, like I've got this album by the Meters, that was, um, I broke my leg a few years back. Ten years ago, how did so. you do that? Oh, I fell over at a music festival, and um, <laughs> good answer. <laughs> and uh, uh, I broke it quite bad. I was on on the couch for a couple of months, but um, uh, I gave my I gave my partner at the time a list of CDs to get me because um, 
you know, that's how, that's how I couldn't move. And then <laughs> on, on, some, on some new CDs. Yeah. So I gave her a list and she came back with these 10 CDs. One of them was Patty Smith Horses, which was just, uh, it was the first time I ever listened to it. It was amazing. Wow. And it was really takes me back to that time. But one of them's this, um, the, I wanted the first, the Meters album. Yeah, you know, the band, the Meters, no. the like, um, like a sort of really early funk when funk was good. Australian? No, no, no. no. Um, but like from, uh, uh, I think the, uh, they've got a really big hit that's been covered by everyone. And their first oh. album is one of those albums that's sampled. It's oh, like, right. they're, they're just like, um, the drummer was incredible. And anyway, she couldn't find that last al- that first album, so she got their last album, and it's so hilariously bad. <laughs> and there'd be no reason to own that album, but it's in there. So when I saw it, I was like, amazing, this stupid album. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and, you know, and you're stuck on the couch, so you, of course. you listen to it. How so did, I listen to it. How too. did you make the decision on the 10? Like, were you, I mean, reading music industry mags? Like, what, how, uh, yeah, you, I had, how, like, how did you make your pick? Because um, that was kind of your survival ten. This ten's got to really, really lift its game and lift me. Yeah, that's right. And CDs are expensive. Like that was totally. a lot. That was a lot of money. Um, that's right for me for someone who wasn't working. She either too. really loved you or you or you paid for them. Oh, I paid for them. <laughs> I paid for them. I think both, but probably, I definitely paid for them. But um, uh, how did I decide? I think I had like um, a couple of music magazines. One of them, I think, I'm pretty sure was a mojo that had like the 100 best album of all times oh, okay. or something. Yeah. Or albums that everybody should own. And I think a few of them came from there and then others were friends' suggestions. So and that's sort of how I found Patti Smith because um, for whatever reason, Patti Smith had eluded me. Although mm. I did sort of know the songs, but I hadn't listened to this album mm. as a whole. So, mm. but yeah, uh, I think that's how it was. So I guess I didn't. Yeah, the meters. I really didn't know what I was getting into there. <laughs> God, God, Let alone that you were getting it's into so bad. Your I last think it's album. got like a yeah, it's got like a <laughs> woman's butt on the cover, and it's, it's so bad. It's like, <laughs> I wonder how many people actually bought the album because of that butt. Oh yeah, well, I reckon. Well, because I, I think the first album must be like late fifties or early sixties. Yeah. Well, so that also well, that also would have been pretty controversial and cheeky back then, I would imagine. Oh, no, but this work. was like 73 or something. Oh, They'd okay. been going for oh. it and members had changed and it wasn't... There was well, a lot of butts being exposed. There was lots of butts. 70s, it was an early there? 70s album cover. It was a real classic. Yeah. Album, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so she came back and was like, I couldn't find the one you wanted, but I got you this. I was just, yeah. But, yeah, you know, that's the... Um, you can't do that looking back at... No. If you listen to a bad album once on Spotify or whatever, it's gone. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's so many things that I, I feel sad for and I think actually I think the world has changed in a way that I think people that might previously not been nostalgic are nostalgic because I think we feel like we're losing things, mm. you know, and if you are like a sensitive, creative person like you are and I think I am too... I constantly think about the things that we're losing and letters and, you know, cards if it's someone's birthday or someone dies or, you know, the romance side of things, the the proper paper trail of all of that kind Mm. of stuff is just, you know, and and CDs and and, and photographs and, Mm. you know, and that was the thing too that, you know, with my dad's funeral, you know, you've got like such a short window of time to get... um, get all the visual memories together Mm. and you realise that now you've got not only have you got them in 
so many different formats, which is really hard to gather and to get into sort of one kind of reel when you've got days to plan a funeral. But also I just think, Jesus, like people that are, you know, what 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 a funeral's gonna look like in 10, 20 years when it's a whole series of, of, of shit off your camera. And a lot of it is shit. Like it's not yeah. the memories that we used to have. So it's hard not being nostalgic about the yeah. way life used to be. It, a bit. Well, that's a funny one because I have to believe that We're moving in a better way? No, I don't believe that. But I do have to believe that we can't accept what we had as possible. As the right way? uh, Yeah, as the right way. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. The other day I... um, I'm actually doing a bit of a clear out at the moment, so it's funny to be talking about spring stuff. Spring, um, yeah, and... uh, also, I was looking for some. I was actually looking for some photos and some video stuff, and mm. and um, I've got photos, hard copy photo photos, and then and then stuff on computer. Yeah, and I had to actually boot up a computer that hadn't been started for years. Um, but then when I got on it, I, I was had been quite meticulous about how it ordered everything, and mm. everything was there from for, from o seven onwards. Mm. All my digital photos were there. Uh, up until the last two years, which are on a new computer. So, um, like, and then I went through them. Mm. I don't know. I still sort of felt that it was okay. There's so many more, though. My photo albums from before then, there's so fewer photos. Mm. But then those little grabs of video that you get when you're looking through a digital catalogue is is sort of, even if it's just – well, like really one of those mistake memory, photos, yeah, that you've accidentally hit video and then you're like, yes. you hear someone go, oh, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, and the, you the just live. See, you just see a little moment. Most of mine are live. It's <laughs> my phone's about to conk out the whole time. Um, yeah, nostalgia is a really interesting one. And, and, and I guess nostalgia is also something that can be, especially for a creative person, you know, and, and a songwriter, something that is almost like this precious tool gift I don't know you know because it nostalgia is really kind of like this strong pull to a time and a memory Mm. you know which you know uh, if you can articulate and if you can describe beautifully in a song or you know in 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 words on in a in a story that really is just that beautiful key that can unlock a whole lot of people's relatable memories. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, you know, maybe you're too nostalgic sometimes. I've seen people, you know, like my, my mother, not to compare you or anyone with my mother, but where you where nostalgia can be like a, a really, you know, a sickness, like a it can hold you back to a time where you where you pulled too far back yeah, and not can, enough forward. It can be a burden as well. Yeah. yeah really um, a bull and chain. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one. I think maybe I'm a bit too nostalgic. My, my mother calls me nostalgic. Does she? Um, yeah, and I, th- I don't mind it to an extent. I am wary that in another 30 years that could be a problem. But um, uh, In what regard are you being nostalgic? Would she mean, because, you know, often our parents certainly know that if my mother was ever saying that I was nostalgic or something like that, it probably meant that, you know, she's having a crack at me. Maybe that she's saying that I dwell on things or... I think that's, bring, that's what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring up the past that... Yeah, I wasn't really bringing up the past. I don't remember what in what context that she said it to me, but she said it to me a couple of times. I, I do think it's uh, it's not necessarily a diss, it's just an observation. And I think mm. she's probably right. 
But um, I think uh, I, I sometimes I envy people who can just move forward without mm-hmm. looking back. Yeah. But I struggle to do that at times. Mm. Sometimes I don't think about it. Mm. So, which is so, which is why I say it's funny that um, it's you know at the moment it's a bit of a reflective time. Yeah. So I have been more nostalgic than I would be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think that you know, I guess I I try to have a healthy balance of it. Mm. Are you the type of person that believes like you know, for instance, you said you broke your leg. Are you the type of person that? because this is the way I operate, which doesn't make it right, but that every kind of thing, happen, everything sort of happens for a reason. Like if you, you're kind of, a, you said you ended up on a couch for a few months, like that's, mm. that's a pretty heavy, that, that's a tough time for, I mean, of course there's worse things, but to be sort of um, it was really tough. grounded and, and alone with your thoughts and, you know, your physical kind of mortality, you know. like Oh, that. I think it really changed me as a person Did too. It? But um, do you think it, it you needed to? Like, how did it change you at that time? Do you think? Uh, I would say it made me more assertive. Possibly, yeah, just a bit more assertive of my wants and needs. It is a. It was a wonderful time to reflect. I actually don't look back at that time with any bad. I had a really good yeah, time. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it, you would think that it would. I would look back at, but at the oh. same time. Um, I try not to ever uh, – I, I worked really hard at not hanging on to any of the pain or the bad times through that time. And so what I've been left wow. with is uh, just really fond memories of um, – it was summer, my mates sort of rallied around me, I had a dog, mm. had some really great albums, mm. uh, played a little bit of Xbox, you know – that's um, great that you still, really you still kind of... pl- still played music. I was in another band, and my bandmates would come over and we'd all play music. And so it was not. I didn't really feel like it. Actually, was a really nice time. It was like someone hit pause on my life, and I got to just sit in the pause for a while. Kind and of then, stop and smell the roses. Yeah, enough for me to be like, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm sure by the end of it, it was pretty awful, and it was actually mm. really quite painful if I think about it. But um, but you cho- obviously chose to look at the yeah. I didn't. I didn't, yeah. And, you know, I feel like my life really made I, – I feel like it was um, weirdly – it was good for me. I'm sure wherever I, wherever I was going after that moment, I was probably already headed there. What were you doing before that you think maybe you needed to sort of slow down and just sort of be – I was just sort of working, uh, working shitty jobs, mm. um, uh, doing – just not really doing much, and uh, did you have aspirations of kind of really doing the music thing then? Like, were you oh, really yeah. it's, it's, committed, or uh, was it an on the side? Yeah, or definitely, what? I had aspirations, but I mean, um, I was pretty realistic about where those aspirations would take me, like success or making a living out of it. Yeah, so I, I didn't really. I was I was very into playing music and doing gigs and. And that sort of thing. Um, and then, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess it just sort of was a bit like, what do you – this was a, you, you reflect. Mm. What do you want to do? 
with yourself. Yeah. And I don't think that there was like any kind of clear decision out of that, but I guess I didn't want to waste any time mm. after that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it made me a little bit more determined. Determined, yeah. yeah. And I think I was probably already pretty determined. But, you know, I, then I went back to uni after that. And what did you do at uni? Uh, I, studied, uh, I studied economics, um, which I loved. I sort of fell into that. What did you love about it? I don't know. I feel like I'm actually pretty good with numbers. Ah. And um, Well, that'll be good because that'll, that'll make sure you don't get ripped off along the way <laughs> as your star continues hopefully. to rise. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I'm actually quite good with spreadsheets. So I'm a whole really? That is um, biz- I'm yeah. sorry. That is bizarre. A creative person being able to do spreadsheets. Yeah. Are you a Virgo? Absolutely not. Okay. No. What's our sign? I'm an Aries. Oh, fire sign, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, I, I um, determined. Determined. Uh, the um, yeah, I don't know. I'd say yeah. I, the numbers, numbers just sort of speak that to me the, sometimes. Well, you obviously need that some for some part of your journey. Yeah, I mean, I never had any plans in being an economist, but gee, I, I could do economics exams without really thinking about them. So it was. Amazing. It was fun. Um, so when, I mean, obviously growing up in a, a family that's all heavily musical and your dad being a guitarist, like mm-hmm. when was, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pick up a guitar and keep picking it up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because my, some of my siblings don't play any music. Right, yeah. And, and also you can become so blasé about something and often when your parents are doing it you, you kind of can easily sort of immaturely think, well, what a yawn fest, I don't want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What was, like, when do you, like, how old would you have been, like, would you sit around and, 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 you know, start writing songs or, like, how little and where did you start kind of actually My dad, experimenting uh, musically? I think when I was about 11. Yeah. I had a guitar. I was given a guitar and some lessons when I was seven. I smashed that guitar on the wood doll. You got angry with it? Nah, just for fun. <laughs> but, a bit later on in life, though, it was. It lasted for a while. Sounds like a seven-year-old Aries thing to do. Oh no, I was probably about twelve when that happened. But oh, I think okay. I, 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 it's, it's, it's it around. But it gave it a few years. Um, <laughs> but I never really was much interested in it. And then when I was about eleven, I, I decided that I didn't need anyone's help and I was just going to learn guitar by myself. Oh, um, okay. And then uh, Dad. Did you feel like the, the lessons were sort of slowing you down too much or it just wasn't your Well, style? I did lessons for a bit and I guess I just didn't, well, well, I don't know, whatever, it didn't work for yeah. me. But then, um, yeah, when I was about 11 I started playing and Dad one day was like, I've heard you playing guitar in your room. Do you want to get some lessons again? And uh, So he's um, obviously impressed with what he's hearing. I couldn't see how. But, the, uh, but then um, I did about three months of lessons, just enough to show me sort of basic chords. And then because Dad uh, could play guitar, I would just go up to him and be like, I want to learn this song, and he'd figure out the chords for me, and then off I'd go and I'd learn that song. So That's a nice little bonding thing to do with yeah, it was father. Yeah, really, it was actually really nice. Um, really, really nice. And uh, so, yeah, that, and that sort of got me on my way, enough to, to start playing along to whatever I needed to play along to. I just need to interrupt this chat for a minute to talk about my sponsor, Yamaha Music Australia. 
Now, I think anyone that's ever had a music lesson in their life, even if that was just a primary school like me, probably think of Yamaha when they think of instruments, as do loads of professional musicians all over the world. But what they also do at Yamaha is great sound, which kind of makes sense considering they're part of the creation process of making music, so they should really be part of helping you listen to it in the best way you possibly can. So Yamaha has some really great home audio devices from Bluetooth speakers to sound bars and AV receivers and even this amazing home cinema fit-outs. You can stalk them on Instagram or Facebook at Yamaha AVAU. Now, big drum roll, think Rob Hurst, Peter Luscom doing this. They've just launched MusicCast, which is a multi-room audio device and it sort of looks like a smallish speaker. And it lets you share the most amazing sound from room to room with just one app. And let me add that that app was also simple enough for me to set up and not have to call my brother. And oh my God, the sound. I live in a small-ish two-bedroom apartment, so I don't need massive, massive speakers or sound, nor would my fellow residents at the apartment block want me to have that. But the difference between, and I won't name and shame, the small little Bluetooth kind of speaker that I was using versus the music cast speaker is unbelievable. I got so excited. I was just randomly hitting through Spotify, just playing different albums because the sound was just like literally having a stage right there in front of you. I could hear everything individually that's instruments and I, I'd just forgotten how much I wasn't getting that with my original setup. I even got so excited with this thing that I started spotifying rain sounds and oceans because I was just so mesmerised by the sound quality. It's been really cool. It's one of the best things that's um, happened to me in terms of my music setup at home for a very long time. Anyway, you can check out the website for more info on the MusicCast multi-room technology at au.yamaha.com. And now back to my guest. So what about when you started to write your own stuff? Uh, I started writing my own stuff when I was about... I think I must have been about 13, 14 when I started writing my own stuff. What, uh, what sort of stuff do you remember you just, writing? Well, I was just listening to, um, I mean, it was mid-90s, so I was listening to a lot of um, grunge, mm. garage, so st- just sort of stuff like that. I wish I had some of that stuff yeah, recorded because yeah. I don't really have any, and I'm pretty sure it was crap. But it but, doesn't matter. It's yeah, from the I mind would, of your little yeah. self. I think I've got some of the lyrics because um, I've got this one sort of uh, f- box thing that I keep, I've kept any lyrics that I've ever... Oh, really? Yeah, written. So they're all in there in that one spot. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that there'd be some really early things in there, but I wouldn't know how to play them. <laughs> yeah. Too unsophisticated? <laughs> I have to wind back. No, no, I wouldn't know. I don't know how they go. I don't oh, remember. Okay, I don't right. remember. You don't remember. I, the... I don't remember the melody or, or yeah. how they went. Yeah. No, no, no. It's the, I'm sure I have the capability to actually play them, but I don't remember how they. So go. how did you get? How did you get? How did you get sort of good at kind of you know writing the coming up with the melodies and you know weaving the lyrics? <laughs> I don't Cause, know. Because because to a non you know a, a non 
music person, that's where we go, what is it about these people? Like, where do you start? What do you... Yeah, I don't know. I just keep... I guess you just keep doing it. Yeah. I just keep doing it. Uh, And, you know, I was in other bands before that no one paid any attention to. I always just say that uh, you're just lucky if you've got a... If you... I was just lucky that people like my songs because I think I still would have been writing the same songs and still would write the same songs, but for whatever reason, people like them. But Which yeah, is really what's going on now, isn't it? Yeah, people, people like them. Yeah, because they're very you and they're very – do you know what I mean? Like, So I've been um, listening to your um, album, which by the time this episode's out, will be out in the world, Good mm-hmm. Citizens, and I love it. And I think – I mean, it's you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it's all catchy and emotive and, and – I. I really enjoy it, but I really love uh, that sense of this personality of you that comes out in all of your songs. Like they're really just unapologetic and there's a real point that you're making in all of them, which Mm -hmm. I think is really, really cool. Um, And I actually went through a couple and I had a couple of little questions and this and this podcast series is not actually about you know talking about um artist albums or anything like mm-hmm. that but I, I i just genuinely wanted to ask you a couple of things because i as i said i felt like there's a lot in your lyrics that uh, are about you and how you feel about the world and all that sort of stuff um and in your first single off good citizens is pack animals which is awesome and <laughs> funny video clip <laughs> I, I watched it a couple of times and i kept laughing and i'm like am i thick i don't know I'm not really sure what's happening here but it's really funny and i don't know, is it i think it's supposed to be funny it is supposed to be funny is it okay cool yeah can you tell me what what is going on in that <laughs> it's just got this very unique i i don't it's there's something very Aussie and funny about it, but not your, your obvious Aussie. I don't know. Tell me about the, uh, the vision behind it. The vision behind it was that I'd been um, I'd been stuck in this internet wormhole looking at stock imagery and okay. um, stock shots. Yeah, stock shots, and um, like they're kind of <laughs> fucked up. Like they're really weird. And so I, I started looking at them. And basically you can go into stock imagery and just type in any couple of words and it'll bring up photos related to those words that you've got. That's right. And it's really... It's a humongous industry. It's a huge industry. Actually, um, one of the doctors in that film clip had been a part of a stock photo shoot before. (laughs) So, and and so I started like, I started recognising... I know the the girl. Oh, okay. Um, So I started recognising different faces I'd looked at it that much. Because their expressions, everyone's expressions in the video clip kind of makes me laugh too. Oh, the doctors are fantastic. Aren't they? Yeah, when they, when they, they were the second scene we <laughs> shot and when they showed up and they were just so good. They're just really. <laughs> what brief did you give them? So the brief was that you're stock photo actors. You're a stock photo doctor. But you are not enjoying yourself. <laughs> And but you still have to take these happy stock photos, and that's that's the brief. And so that's why they all look so fucking weird. And so we would do happy makeup, and then we'd do makeup that was sort of supposed to look as look like we'd been doing it all day, and then do it again with everyone really fucking pissed off. So, um, but that doesn't really relate to the to the song, does it? Absolutely not. Oh, it's just even funnier. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. That's where I 
was sitting there and I'm going, that's where I started questioning myself going. Because sometimes I think I'm a really deep thinker and then sometimes I go, oh, shit, no, hang on. Am I, am I a bit basic? <laughs> I go from swinging from left to right on that, on that opinion of myself. And I was literally going... Because I got real, I was into the lyrics and 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 I want to know uh, like a bit more about what that song Pack Animals is about because the the line that really got me was um, I'm not being too sensitive, and because I just feel like my whole childhood, especially with my you know mother, you know, and other people would often be accusing me of being too sensitive, yeah. and I'm not saying that it relates to what your song is about, but but uh, that's where I was going. Okay, I'm really into that, and then I'm watching the video clip, and I'm going, I can't make the correlation. Well, it's but I just really just enjoyed like, it. And this I thought day and it was age, funny. you got to have a clip. So, <laughs> and this this the, the subject matter is like, look, I can't act. So I wanted to come up with an idea where I had to not act, which is why I got actors. We hired actors yeah. to be actors. And you got to and be actually, deadpan, which and is I, really funny. Yeah, yeah, and I just got to be there with the actors acting and so that worked really well. <laughs> just um, sort of behind them or in front yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, just sort of, yeah, in front of them. So, uh, yeah, so that sort of it fit my brief as to – and like, you know, this album, if you do a clip where the – the footage relates to what's going on. I don't know. Too that, much? I feel like it's too much. Yeah, right. I feel like the lyrics just need to speak for themselves. So that I'm not... It's actually you know. quite clever because, I mean, I mean, can you just, from your words, I don't want to explain your song, but mm-hmm. what Pack Animals is about and that, and that whole, you know, line, I'm not being too, too sensitive. Like, what is that about? Um. Well, pack animals is just a, is essentially about. Is it dickheads at pubs? Yeah, I mean it's dickheads it's at pubs. Um, it's dickheads, one of a much dickheads <laughs> everywhere. It's it's about um, uh, it's well the idea of the song came out of people coming and telling me and the other female members of the last drinks that the show was really good, but here's a suggestion on how we could do it better. <laughs> and they didn't do that to the guys. The pub experts. Yeah, experts. Oh, they didn't do it to the no. guys. No, they don't do it to the guys. Wow. So um, it started becoming this bit of a running joke. Um, <laughs> what enlightenment did you get tonight? Yeah, well, it, it doesn't happen all the time. But what happened was we were sitting at, at, outside of the gig and this guy came up and was like, a really great show, but... And then and I, and he was like, can I tell you one thing? And I was like, no. And <laughs> Did she say no? And I was like, no, no, no. no. I was like, just leave it at a really great show. And he said, um, but I really want to tell you. And I think the thing is that once you say no to them, they get mad. And then um, – Because they think they're doing you a favour with that extra bit. Yeah. 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 And I, don't, I guess for, for them, they don't realise how many people say that mm. over my career – how many times how many, that's actually been said to me? But so also when how many they, of them there are out there? Yeah, the that's right. They think they're very unique. They think with they're their very, yeah. incredible wisdom. Yeah, you're lucky that you're they're imparting right. on you. Yeah, it's like there's there's that, millions that's a, of you mate. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm being offensive because I'm saying I don't want to hear their suggestion. So you're being too sensitive. Yeah. So and then when that happened, Cat um, was like, "Wow, you really handled that well." And then we started talking about it, and then in that moment that, that we all realised that 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 didn't 
that that didn't necessarily happen to the guys. Yeah. It, I'm not saying that it never happens, but it doesn't right. happen to them on the scale that happens to us. So, um, yeah, and so the song sort of came about from that. The uh, and um, it's so fun. It, 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 it's a, just a great. It's just a great song. Oh, thank you. I just I, I love the sentiment of it. Do you think that these these kind of like uh, you know music gig you know scholars are do you think that that they're thinking that oh here's a bunch of girls uh, treading in the boys space we'll allow them that by telling them that it was a good show but then we're we're going to have to coach them along if they're going to have to keep playing I don't I don't do think, think it's uh, I think it's I don't know. It's more insidious than that. It's sort of like ask any woman about like if you go and play pool mm. as a woman uh, in any bar, there's a really good chance someone will come and tell you, give you a pointer mm-hmm. on how to play pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one time I was, one time I was almost going into a fight at a bar. Over that, because I'd been um, doing a pub crawl with another, with a friend, with my partner, and uh, we were celebrating, and so we were just sort of skipping, not really a crawl, but just sort of bar skipping down the road to getting to where we needed to go. Literally skipping, <laughs> probably <laughs> at times, and um, we'd play a few of the bars had pool tables, so if there was pool table, we'd play pool, and. Um, by about the third pool table, at every pool table, a, a different person, male, had come and given us pointers on how to play pool. <laughs> and by the end... The, I'm laughing, the, the, but I'm the first one to get wound up about these people. Well, so, yeah, yeah, you know I, I mean? know. Like, it, it's actually... funny. And each of those guys had actually, without real... without They had quite... I think if you ask them about it, their intentions were honourable yeah. and... Um, you know, and they don't see that that happens everywhere mm. and the effect that that has on mm. you. So by the time I got to the last one, I I uh, got pretty mad You'd about it. Oh yeah, I'd had a gutful. So and, I, and I'd also had a lot of beer by that time. So I I <laughs> a um, literally and <laughs> yeah, mentally. Yeah. So I really uh, lost it at that guy, and um, and nearly we had to be separated because it was going to turn into a fight yeah. because he was saying. I just wanted to help, you know. And so and, and I was so like, why, I, don't, why, I don't want your fucking help. Go and yeah, help someone else. Go and so, talk to the six foot th- yeah, three, you know. That's right. I don't, I don't see you go and tell the doctor. He's the not dudes. a great player. Go yeah. and help him. <laughs> that's right. Why and actually, I'm him? not that. I'm not very good at pool, but I'm okay. I mean, not. But it's the point. But it's the point. I win. I win just as many as I lose, I think. So, so yeah, it's the point. And so I guess it's that thing where um, – the intentions of the people, I don't think they're going out to be like, I'm going to tell this little lady how to do her job mm. better. I think there's just some, for some reason, there is this feeling you know, on the masculine side of things that they're, 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 help, they're helping yeah. and that they're... Well, that's the where... They're being good citizens, so they they they're, they're being part of 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 helping. So, but they're not. No, but they don't know that. No, so. and the problem is that there is <coughs> there is and, and there has been, but there still is a complete changing of generations. And you know, it's like you know, from the world that I come from, you know, having been um, 
you know, radio and doing, you know, commercial radio and then dabbling in talkback radio. And I kind of got really excited going from FM radio to talkback radio because I thought, oh, finally I have a bit more time to actually talk about some deeper subjects and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and have good conversations with some great people. And I soon realised and, and, in fact, was told that really until, you know, the boys' club of talkback radio die out, that, that, that those sort of roles don't exist. And the reason – but it's also the audience has literally got to die out too mm-hmm. because that whole um, – that whole talkback radio, and, you, you know, I mean, you look at it in, in all areas of news and media, but, you know, women, a lot of women um, have been have grown up in, in generations where the voice of authority and if anything goes wrong and if you need to know the answer to anything, they want to hear it from a man. Mm. And that is an older generation. And so they say, you know, you, you heckle them and you go, oh, what a load of bullshit. You know, but they say, but there is a lot of that older generation of, of, of female who just came from that era where that the, the males were the ones that had the answers. Mm. There is a lot of that kind of like programming that's just is going to take a while a, to wash it out properly. But you can't wash it out without actually making the change. Yeah. Because while, the, while there is masculine voices doing that, then, then there is no, there's never going to be a change. Yeah. Because that's, then you'll just yeah. have new people growing up with the masculine voice. That's right. You actually have to make the change. Not you. I mean, yeah. we have to actually make the change. Put those yeah. female voices there. I remember reading a study that was saying that about how um, in a lot of people's lives, the only female authority figure they have is um, their mother mm. and sometimes, and more and more, teacher, teachers. Mm. And so... Um, yeah. Female authority is this maternal authority that mm. is it's and and it's only a lot of it is based on the fact that we just don't have a lot of female authority around yeah. us. And yeah. so um you know, you can't make the change by waiting for that to go away because unless there's those female voices mm. out there, then there is no change and yeah. everyone will just grow up with the ma- male voices there. Yeah. So um but yeah, I mean that, these are big subjects. But well, let's move on to uh, another one of your songs, Sunday, and mm-hmm. a, and um, and again, you tell me the uh, the story behind it. But what I really related to the lyrics, are, um, which is another just great little fun, um, sort of tongue in cheek, relatable line, is on Sunday we were high again. On Sunday we were in love again. I got that right, didn't I? You did, yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> Like that's actually not the lyric at all. No, no but you know it. what I you know what I took away from that was mm. I went, Oh yeah, Groundhog Day. Jesus, haven't I lost a few decades mm. on Groundhog Day? Mm-hmm. Which is that I mean, yeah, Sunday's the day. I mm-hmm. mean there was the, the the lyrics can't be replaced with Monday or Tuesday. I'm sure they can in maybe other people's lives, but Sunday I don't think you it know, is relatable if you said Monday we were high no, again. No, Sunday <laughs> Monday we felt like shit again, maybe you'd yeah. Yeah. but that whole Sunday like I think anyone that, you know, and a lot of us, and, and again, um, this is me just taking away my own interpretation and, and, and applying it to what came up with me, but, you know, I think 
definitely in Australia, a lot of us have addictions that we don't that take us so long to realise that we have, mm-hmm. which is can be addiction to to people, but it's often you know it starts with addiction to alcohol or drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know you you have these even you know you're getting binging you know every weekend and. Then you have a couple of days of clarity where even if you think you're getting a handle on it and you're having an awareness that, oh, shit, I'm in Groundhog Day with this crap and I'm Mm -hmm. not feeling – none of it's fun anymore. But the problem is I don't think people understand that it's like, okay, Tuesday and Wednesday you're being really conscious and you're starting to make all these different plans. But by Thursday that little monster is – grabbing hold of you Mm -hmm. and it starts with that first drink and it ends with probably that same person in your bed that's Mm -hmm. like this is no good they're Mm -hmm. not good for me I'm not good for them this is bullshit and it's Groundhog Day and it's really hard Mm -hmm. to get yourself out of Groundhog Day like a really really hard Mm -hmm. yeah uh so uh yes I 100% agree with what you've just said um and it is sort of what the song's about. I'm real funny about – I mean, the thing about that song, like if you ask me about pack animals, <clears throat> I'm quite like happy to say this is pretty much exactly what the mm. song's about. Mm. Um, but with a song that's a, essentially a love song, mm. I guess. Uh, well, that, 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 see, I've a, taken away – and that's, so that's me reading my own thing into it. But you're not wrong. Because I thought, oh, no, this isn't love. This is um, Groundhog Day. Yeah. So, uh, but you may uh, you may look at love differently in terms of while yeah. you're in it. I believe that if I say I'm in love, I'm in love. Whereas I look at me in love and go, when I say I'm in love, I'm probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my my theory on songs is that no one is ever really wrong about what they're about. Because mm-hmm. um, you share them with someone, with well, people to do something with them. I, I think guess. You people. I think one of the most amazing things about any art, um, but, m- you know, my medium is music. One of the yeah. most amazing things about music is that um, it's sort of that eye of the beholder, you know, like it's it's when someone takes a song on for them, it doesn't matter who's written it or what experience they were mm. having it. When they take that song on, it's theirs. It's theirs. So, um, and part of the beauty of releasing music and putting it on tapes or whatever, yeah. you know, is that you are giving people your songs, and they can make whatever they want out of it. Mm. I mean, to me, that song is a love song. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to capture was those real early, lusty, you know, fucking you didn't give a shit about anything, it's messy and you're high and you're you're in those groundhog days. I wanted to capture that. I didn't want to be like, and then it was happy ever after, or mm. or it didn't work out. It was just like I really wanted to capture what the early moments of a particular relationship was for yeah. me, and um, so you know, like I think that however you view that or where you're going to take that is just is fine by yeah. me. You know, like it's it's right because uh, those heady lusty moments are ours. And how you read into those moments into someone's songs, that's, yeah. that makes that yours, you know. Well, so. It's also interesting because, like, listening to um, previous um, songs of yours, um, what I kind of loved because I, I, I quite loved what I felt was, like, the real country love mm-hmm. sort of angst. Mm-hmm. And, like, so what I really liked was I'm like, 
Oh God, yeah. Here's an, here's another song. Which and, and when I say this, I loved like the, I love so many of them. There's, mm-hmm. there's none of them that I'm going. Oh no, here we go again. But a lot of them, I'm like, oh, here we go again. She's like in love again, and it's a shit fight, and it's <laughs> yeah, and she's being tortured by this you know other woman, and it's this and it's that. and I love all of that. Yeah, and then, but and then I'm sort of like, well. I wonder, and this is also before I realised that you um, got married, so I was like, oh, so I wonder if, you know, like as a lot of creative people that I know are, sometimes I think they believe they're better in torture than they are in floating around everything's perfect, I'm at, at, at peace, because I think they're worried they're going to have nothing to, to write about. Yeah, definitely. Because people kind of almost want a bit more torture to go, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's not working out with me too. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. We're falling apart. She's pissing me off. He's pissing me off. All of that kind of stuff. So I kind of wondered, as I said before, I realised that you've actually (laughs) happily married and you've got this beautiful child and everything. I'm thinking, I wonder if Cash gravitates towards, you know, dramatic love um, because that sort of ignites more that creative kind of spirit and therefore how long do you do that for? Yeah, I know what you're saying and I think for a long time I did. Um, but, you know, my wife is passionate and creative and uh, dramatic's not the right word for no, it, but, but, there's, but, but there is... Uh, there's some beautiful colour. And, and that's, yeah, there's like movement and up, you know, upheaval and yeah. constant... Um, constant change within our relationship, so it's it's um, it's very satisfying to my creativeness to be in it. But I do understand. Like I, I did. You do worry, particularly. I don't really, particularly maintaining something good. Yeah, well, I don't really like happy songs. Like I, I do, well, I do like don't. them, but I, like it's only a amount of. If you looked at all the songs I listen to, I don't think there'd be. I think they're probably maybe twenty five percent of them are happy songs, and the rest of them are songs about how things have gone bad. So that's right, and that's. Uh, I mean, I think. Well, when I'm happy, I don't want. I don't want to hear other people's opinions on happy. But no. you know, if you're sad, it's, you want I to don't sit need, in it yeah. with someone else. It's nice to be and workshop it. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to workshop whether you're happy and go. Well, let's talk about whether you are or that's whether right. it's like. It just is. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to be like when you're happy. You're not like, gee, I'm looking for other people to be happy with. <laughs> That's right. It's not a thing. So, no. But when you're sad, you're like, oh, I'm, I want someone to give me a hug and share a whiskey with me. And well, I kind of want help to just I want get help. through shit. Yeah, so I think that – and, you know, so I, that's where music comes into my life. So that's what I put out there. So you do actually – I, you know, of course I'm concerned about that. But then, you know, life is not just my relationship. Mm. And the last couple of years have – been um politically tricky Mm. so um so there's been things to write about one day I might be like everything's perfect and I don't have anything to write about but I I think we're far from that you're talking marriage equality marriage equality Mm. yeah um how have you how has that affected you personally as a gay woman with so much debate around that's no, awful. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really awful. Did you feel, I know, and I, I always get nervous about asking people this, but did was there any, were you still angry that a vote was 
past. I'm still angry. Yeah. There wasn't any healing in no, C. absolutely not. Mo- I remember yeah. the day that the uh, the vote came through. There was big parties everywhere. Yeah, and uh, we went down to the one at the at the front of the town hall. And we didn't stick around long, and I ran into a few friends who were queer on the way out, and um, we all sort of had the same sort of. We were exhausted by it, and there mm, wasn't. It imagine. didn't really feel like celebrating it. Mm. Um, and, and I came to the conclusion that the win actually wasn't for the queers that day. The win were, were for the allies. The allies made the difference in the numbers there because mm, if only queer people that's had really voted, nice. it would have only been, you know, 5%, 5 to 10% or whatever it is, the population yeah. that's queer. So that day and that win was actually for the allies who stood up and said, no, you can't push this minority around anymore. So that, And so in that moment, all my ally friends were like, let's go party. Yes. This, is, this is a huge momentous thing. And I was like... Everyone felt so pained for the people that they loved and their friends and that yeah. were being yeah. under the scrutiny of something that shouldn't have been up for debate. That's right. And so, um, but for me, I was exhausted by it. I mean, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even want to watch the announcement. I was about to go for a jog and <laughs> my wife was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going for a jog. She's like, you are sitting here and watching this. And I was like, I am not. And then uh, she was like, I need you to sit with me. And I was like, oh, Okay. So I sat with her for her mm. because I wanted to disengage from it. Mm. I was happy either way that it was going to be over. Mm. Um, and I'm really glad it went the way that it did, um, of course. Um, but, it's, uh, but, yeah, that day and that moment was not a win for us. It was... A win for the Allies. It was a win for the Allies. And the entire thing was just exhausting and the entire thing was a loss. There's no, there is no winning. There is no winning when you have to have a debate like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there were other things that came up that wasn't um, – that were not based around uh, me and my relationship status for me to yeah. write about. So, well, we have to finish up fairly soon, um, but I just wanted to ask you one more little uh, question about another one of your songs from Good Citizens, mm-hmm. um, February, which is – a really beautiful love song um, that wasn't lost on me <laughs> and, my, and my damaged love no, I don't think anything has been lost on you. Oh, I don't know. No, but, you know, oh God, no. Look, I, I mean, I, you know, I think one of my biggest challenges has been, you know, what do I think about love? And, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has had to do with, you know, childhood and just, you know, you, you grow up with kind of beliefs and you think that they're very clever, and mm-hmm. you, you know, and then suddenly you know, everything's going to shit and you're like, hang on, actually, it might not be them, it might be me. Mm-hmm. So I'm still a little bit of a work in progress. So excuse me for maybe putting a, more of a negative view <laughs> on things. Look, honestly, the time period that that song uh, was written about, February. Sunday, oh, the, Sunday, Sunday yes, the time yes. period that that was written about, I actually, because yep, I just had those photos out, I um, looked back at that time and um, – my wife and I were looking back at those photos and we looked terrible. We were having a very good time and we looked <laughs> terrible. And we're talking you were having a seven years year. ago. I was looking at them thinking, you know, I'll, thinking I would look younger and fresher. I did not look fresher. Look I did look younger out. but I, I looked terrible. We were, yeah, we were, we were having a very good time. So, 
so there is no, um, you know, good or bad. Yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If I'd seen the photos, I'd be like, "Are you sure you guys are having a good time there? Because <laughs> yeah, you right. look absolutely you, you look terrible. Ruined. Yeah, you look ruined." Um, but February. So, and, and also just because you know, I think I'm meeting you at a time in your career where, you know. You mention your name, and to most people that follow music, you know, currently, and not just I'm talking everything that's sort of you know old music and blah blah blah. They they're really kind of excited about you and know you, and you're kind of you know one of the cool kids on the on the block, and obviously just continuing, you know, already starting to get really good reviews for this new album. You're really kind of like on the on the grow, and who and 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 on the expand, and who knows where that can go. Mm-hmm. But obviously, um, you know, especially also just sort of honouring the fact that this series is also hopefully going to inspire or put to rest, you know, some people's aspirations of do I pick up that guitar again? Do I do I go and play the drums again? Do I do I really want this, or is it a hobby? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what is what is the the teetering point? You know, I think, mm-hmm. um, and also just you know anyone that's inspired by stories of people that end up doing something and doing it well that connects with people, which is probably me. But um, so your trajectory of where your career can go could take you anywhere and all over the world as it already sort of has started to with your touring and stuff like that. But that is one of those challenges where it's sort of be careful what you wish for. Um, And I guess, what was the line in there? Oh, yeah, so the lyric from February um, that I thought was really, it just made me stop and think. It says, for all we know, there's nothing left uh, for all we know, there's nothing left worth fighting for. What? I, oh, you mean Kings? Oh, have I got the wrong song? I've t- yeah. Have I taken that? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay. Right. Excuse me. I've probably um, cut and paste in the wrong way. No, let's no, that's let's fine. go to Kings then. Okay, okay sure. So that's Kings. the, that's the lyric, right. Yeah. So what I thought was interesting about that, and when I was thinking about, okay, so, you know, because I've worked in the music industry before, and I've seen, you know, it used to be my job to kind of look after the bands, international bands that had come to town, and often they'd be touring from... I remember Shirley Manson from Garbage coming, and she was on the back end of like an 18-month tour. Mm-hmm. And that band was friggin' falling apart. You know, mm-hmm. their personal... Like, like, everything was hardcore. And I'm not saying this obviously to scare you. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've thought about your plan and it's already kind of... You're, you're already ex- experimenting mm-hmm. with it now. But that whole kind of like sense of it's almost like I was like, oh, God, you know, it's like the love of music or the love of whatever it is that takes you away from Mm -hmm. another love, which is, you know, girlfriend, husband, boyfriend, wife, Mm -hmm. um, child and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's what takes you away, which is your love of one thing, but it's taking you away from a love at the other end. Mm -hmm. And it's like this sort of... How do you – I guess that, that line I thought was interesting, for all we know there's nothing left worth fighting for, that confusion and that surreal space when you're away and you're doing all of these huge energetic shows and you're in different countries and all of that must feel very surreal, how do you – how do you think you, I guess, is there a plan in your head of staying anchored in – in the love that stays stable while you pursue the love that's sort of a bit like a bird flying all over the place? 
Yeah. How do you know what's real? How do you know? I mean, it's different, of course, you know, you're, you're, you're married now and, and there's obviously a much deeper foundation that you have committed to. Yeah. But I guess previously, you know, when that, that wasn't the case, that kind of how do you know when you're away whether something is worth fighting for or whether it's run its natural course or is that too many questions? There's a lot of questions. I mean, yeah. there's a lot going on there. I don't, I don't, I, um, I uh, am lucky enough to be in a situation where I can look quite like with the, my music mm. and my touring, I can look quite far ahead as to where we're going and what we're doing. Yeah, so you can um, kind of visualise it. Yeah, so it's not just like it, it doesn't feel out of control. Yeah, there I are, guess that there are that's, moments, yeah, but I it guess doesn't that. feel out of control. How so do you stay not. Yeah, yeah. and my control. partner is um, very supportive of my um, my career. Yeah, so um, which is important, and, and not all not all not all uh, musicians and, and and songwriters, I guess, end up in relationships where that is the case of their partner. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm um, yeah. So, but the um, the. I mean, in Australia, when we tour, we just tour on weekends, and I'm home during the week. Mm. So, um, uh, so it's not not too bad. It's not an issue and now. then, and then when we're away, we're away. But um, the world's a smaller place these days, you know, yeah. with Skype and True. things. So, unfortunately, the time difference means when I'm calling my partner, I'm usually calling from backstage or. Somewhere in the middle of the night, and, yeah. um, and she's in the middle of the day doing middle of the day things. So, <laughs> with this tsunami of sound coming yeah. from behind you, yeah. I called her from a festival <laughs> once, and uh, I remember, I remember in that moment being like, "I need to be more care- more selective about when I, when I call." Yeah, because um, if you call someone at eleven and they're about to go into a work meeting and you're backstage at a festival, it's a bit of a uh, a bit of a shock to yes. everyone. But um. But you know, we make it work. Yeah. So uh, it hasn't. It hasn't. There's a lot of negotiation between mm. my partner and I. But she's mm. a creative as well, so she's not. Yeah. Um, it's it's That's not foreign to her that the, how the passion and the pursuit of it isn't isn't foreign to her. Yeah. That's so, right. She understands. Yeah. Okay. So finally, um, I guess uh, I'm just trying to think of a way that we can sort of round off with something about. Your love affair with the guitar, given that this is what these talks are about. Um, um, why, why the guitar? Like, what you know? I actually wanted to play saxophone, but my did mom, you? My mum was like, "You can learn the saxophone once you've learnt the guitar." And of course, once I learnt the guitar, I never learnt the saxophone. And I'm really glad I didn't learn the saxophone because I just don't think it's as versatile as a guitar. Totally. But um. Uh, and yeah, I don't. That's not something I need in my life. Is more saxophone. No. No offense to all the saxophone players out there, but um, uh, but it's really it's become your your partner in crime, really, yeah. isn't it? I never understand when people sell guitars. I couldn't sell any of mine. Really? Absolutely not. They are with me forever. Um, we like giving a pet away. Here you go. I'm done with this one. It's not cute and yeah. young anymore. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. Served a purpose for when or I was doing this, but or not a now. Friend, you know. Like so, how many have you got now? Uh, not heaps. Um, maybe eight, I guess. 
Not not heaps, but yeah. I only tour with one, um, and I'm about to get another one. Um, uh, but um, I tour with my Telecaster, yeah, and I just slow it to bits. So I'm about to buy another Telecaster because mm. um, I can, and um, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, it's, I guess it'd be nice to have a spare, which is what I keep telling myself. But um, I think I just want a new guitar, but. Uh, I don't know. I think each guitar has its own something about it. When I'm writing yeah. songs, I like to borrow mates, my friends' guitars and things because I feel like if I, there's a – Why is that? I, each guitar, I sort of play it in a different way. Guitars want to be played in different ways. And so for me, I mean, I'm, I'm not even – I'm hardly a very good guitarist. But, it, the, um, but if I pick up a particular guitar, my fingers sort of get stuck in a certain way of playing them. And so oh. – Often when I'm writing, I'll borrow a friend's guitar and to kind of freshen it up. Yeah, just to break it, break whatever's going on with the other guitars. Oh wow, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, so the, you know, it's sort of yeah. So I, I'm, I, uh, I, yeah, I love my guitars. They're um, for a long time I had a big uh, queen size bed, and when I was single, there was often a guitar. Some, somewhere Spooning. somewhere in the bed. Um, <laughs> if there was no one else in the bed, there was often a guitar in there. So so I guess you knew it was love when you said, yeah, you can pick that guitar up and, and, and stand it against the wall. <laughs> the guitar can you go can on the rack. You can lie where that right. guitar was. Yeah, that's right. You can lie where the guitar was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I do have a bit of a love affair with them. That's so good. Mm. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much. No problem. I Thanks look forward me. to seeing your um, your show in November too. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. It'll be really good. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Yamaha Music Australia for getting on board and supporting this series. Please visit au.yamaha.com forward slash podcast to find out more about new products and promotions. And if you'd like to help us spread the musical love, it would be great if you could subscribe to our series via iTunes and leave us a review if you feel inclined. To hear more podcasts from me, you can head to amberpetty.com.au.